I actually find the membership model is perfect for my kind of introverted personality anyway, because things like the forum, the community, it's typing. So I can do that whenever. And, you know, a large part of it is I have set times in the day where I know that's kind of my focus on going into the community, answering questions and things. So I can get into that, that kind of mindset. But for me, kind of typing answers and things like that, I love doing that. That doesn't kind of drain my energy. Whereas doing calls really does. Okay, who wouldn't want to be paid month after month for the same product? That's the promise of a membership site. You set it up, convince people to join you, and they pay. And they pay and pay and pay and pay. You tend to the group, and the money just keeps coming. Now, if you've already guessed that this is, in fact, not the reality of building and running a membership site, you would be correct. Creating any kind of subscription-based product has the potential for a huge payoff with healthy profit margins, but actually building the business that allows that to happen is a different story. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you candid conversations with small business owners about what's really working to run and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. Building a subscription-based product is one key way small businesses can scale up, but they can require a significant trade-off in the beginning. It takes time, energy, infrastructure, and savvy marketing to get to a point where the business is healthy and profitable. And I know this from personal experience. So does Callie Willows, the co-founder of The Membership Guys. Callie runs Member Site Academy, a leading training resource and community for membership site owners. Callie and I talk about why The Membership Guys chose to focus on just one offer, the mindset shifts she's had to make running a membership site, the operations that go into keeping members happy, and how running a membership site is a great fit for her as an introvert. Now, let's find out what works for Callie Willows. Callie Willows, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here, Tara. I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, me too. Okay, so let's get started just with your business model. How did you guys decide to focus on just one offer? Well, it's one of those things where it kind of happened both on purpose and accidentally at the same time. So... When we actually started the membership site, we already had an agency, so it was kind of a side business Mm -hmm. um, initially, and we thought we'd give it kind of a year, and then we'd look at how things were going and whether we wanted to transition into just doing the membership. But it quickly became apparent after about three months of the membership that A, we loved it, B, it was where we could help the most people, and C, that we just wanted to go all in on it straight away. So we actually kind of like started the process of getting rid of all our clients and and shutting down the agency after three months of the membership and just just going from there and thinking this is what we want to do. We want to focus 100% on this. And a lot of people thought we were crazy because shutting down a service business where you're charging thousands of pounds for a membership that at the time was charging $39 (laughs) um, seemed a little bit crazy to people, uh, but it was just we had... We loved it. We had a lot of faith that actually this was the thing that we should be doing and it was going to be much better to scale. Yeah. Awesome. How long did it take to get the uh, the agency shut down once you decided to go all in on the membership site? 
Uh, it took us about six months. We ended up, we had a, we had some retainer clients who we kind of carried on working with for a bit longer than that. Um, but most of the new work and we actually ended up giving some deposits back for jobs that hadn't started yet that were due to start and things. Um, so yeah, it took about six months all in and then we had one or two long-term clients that it was around about a year later where we finally kind of stopped working with them. Awesome. And how long did it take you to replace the income from the agency with the like, or to match, I guess, the the income from the agency with with the income from the membership guys? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it was about eight months, possibly less than that. So in terms of yearly income, it was probably we hit the same amount in a in around eight months as we normally make in a year with the agency. So obviously it's on a monthly basis. So it was kind of fluctuating and going up there. Awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, we took off a lot quicker than than we were (laughs) expecting. Um, So yeah, so that was nice. But yeah, definitely scaled a lot quicker. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Because I think when things scale quicker or take off, Uh, more quickly than you expect them to. There can be some growing pains um, (laughs) along the way. What were some of the growing pains that you guys experienced early on? Uh, The main thing I think early on was just finding time for everything initially. So getting into that routine, it's it's a very different kind of business model to a service business where you are dealing with clients and you've got a certain amount of kind of preset deadlines and things that you're relying on other people for. So kind of making that transition into okay, what kind of processes do we need for a membership? How do we spend our time now? What routines do we need? Kind of, there was a little bit of um, figuring that out and kind of finding what worked best for us. And when I say us, I work with my partner, Mike. So um, yeah, there's the two of us. So we live and work together. So it's always interesting doing that kind of um, working out the routines. But yeah, I think in the early days, it was very much just figuring out where we needed to focus our time, the best way to do that and how to kind of do everything because it was just the two of us. And then as we started to grow, the main growing pain we've had was kind of actually moving away from it being just the two of us and bringing on other team members. Got it. Well, I want to hear all about the, the routines and the systems and bringing on other team members in a little bit, but I'm also curious about the mindset side of switching from an agency model to this membership based model because i'm assuming it's not it's not just building new systems it's also looking at your customers in a different way it's thinking about your time and your energy in a different way can you talk to us about how your mindset has evolved moving away from that agency service based model and into this much more scalable membership-based model? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one because I think the big thing initially was realizing that you couldn't necessarily give the same level of um, one-to-one as obviously you would do when you're working with clients and you're, you're kind of wanting to give them your all kind of thing. And with the membership, you know, you still want to do that. You want to give your members the best, but you have to recognize that a, you know, they are paying a much smaller price and B, there's a lot more of them. So you you have to factor in your energy levels and your time and how much you can actually give people and what, they, what they're actually paying for, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Totally. So that one I think was a big thing for me because I'm a people pleaser. I like to kind of give as much as I can. And I still believe I do that. It's just obviously on that one-to-many model now instead. And so, yeah, having that kind of 
that shift was quite a big thing to get used to but fortunately I love it like being in our community and things like that is my favorite thing to do I could happily do that all day every day and then I think the other mindset thing is when you're used to kind of sending invoices and getting a few thousand pounds or dollars in a go then changing to having this low-cost product where you're relying on volume initially in those early days when you've you've not necessarily got that volume you do have to kind of have that leap of faith that you know this is going to grow this is going to get there yeah i having experienced that for myself i completely understand (laughs) and i think you know on paper you look at it and you're like okay this makes sense but being in it and experiencing it, I think is really different. And that's probably a place where a lot of people get stuck on the path to scale as well. Um, Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the model itself. uh, Because in in many ways, I think that having a membership site is similar to running an online course that I think more people are familiar with in terms of, of scaling a business. But it also has some really key differences. How does the way you've created scale with the membership guys differ from the way someone else might create scale with an online course? I would actually say it's inherently easier to scale a membership than an online course because with an online course, then you're relying on new sales every month mm-hmm. or however often you launch. Whereas with your membership, you're starting each month with a baseline. And so each month that baseline should be growing as opposed to with a course where you might be starting from zero each month. So I would say it's inherently easier to scale a membership because you're not starting at zero. You're starting at a certain amount each month. And the goal is just to increase that. But as part of that, the the offset to that is that retention is so important in a membership. And obviously with a course, if it's something like an eight-week course, you you show up, you deliver that content for eight weeks, and then you can go on your merry way. With Whereas with a membership, you have to keep showing up month after month, delivering value and retaining those members because that's that's what a membership's all about. It's that retention element, which is different to most other business models. Yes. And probably the most challenging piece, at least yeah. in my experience. What about operationally, like on the inside? Well, I mean, even you mentioned just the process of showing up. Uh, month after month, creating new things, servicing those clients who are your baseline month after month. What are some of the things that differ internally about running a membership site and scaling a membership site versus running and scaling an online course? I think having a kind of a content calendar is really important with a membership for what you're delivering into the membership itself. So whereas with a a course, you can perhaps kind of set and forget that with a membership, you're usually going to be creating ongoing content in one way or another. And so having processes in place internally to be able to, to do that and manage that is really important. And also just making sure that all those day-to-day tasks like checking in with your community and things like that are kind of accounted for in your in your processes, in your systems, in your routine and your calendar. Because uh, it sounds silly, like, oh, I wouldn't forget to do that, but it still helps to have it all there, especially when you do bring on a, a team. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us what your content calendar kind of looks like, how you run it, how you figure out what you're going to do, how far in advance you're thinking? 
Yeah. So these days in the academy, what we offer is each month we do two live Q&A calls and we do a, a monthly expert workshop and a monthly membership insider where we kind of do a behind the scenes of a successful membership site. And so that's the content people get each month now. So something every week. Um, but we do also have courses that we'll add periodically and other content like checklists and cheat sheets. And that's kind of changed over time. So the Academy is going to turn four years old in September. And so our content schedule for the membership and how we create that content has changed quite a lot over that time. And again, that's just come from partly trial and error, but partly feedback from our members. And as the site's grown, the content amount has grown is making sure that we're not overwhelming members with the kind of content we're creating. I love that. What about, uh, are you planning sort of more conversational prompts in advance or do you really focus on sort of the resources side of the membership? For advanced planning, we do focus much more on the content. So we like to try and batch create content so that we kind of have a, a f couple of weeks or the first month of each quarter is kind of our content month where we kind of create everything for the next um, for the next quarter. And then that means that on a day-to-day -day basis, we can focus on the community side and the customer service side and things like that. So we try to think ahead with the content, whereas with the community, we're a lot more more fluid in that respect. Gotcha. And tell me a little bit more about what the community side of things looks like. Yeah, so we have a online forum as part of the academy. So it's not a Facebook group or anything like that. And so that's a forum where people can go to ask questions, to kind of chat with each other and, and all that kind of thing. We also have a private coaching section in there. So a section where people can just get feedback from Mike and myself if there's something they don't want to post publicly as well. So um that was an interesting thing to add in. We added that in about 18 months ago and we were worried it would cannibalize on kind of the main community, mm -hmm. but actually it's it's been a really great addition. It doesn't cannibalize on that main community at all. And if anything, kind of members are very respectful of our time there. And so sometimes I actually have to say somebody, you know what, post about this in more depth in the private feedback section and uh, I can go into that more with you there. So it's been interesting seeing how adding that private dynamic in works with the greater community and then we also have things like we have a question of the week section where we kind of have a particular question prompt each week to get members discussing one thing in particular and things like that and so that's the main community side of things cool is, is that private coaching piece is that an extra fee or is that included with the main membership no that's included with the the main membership price that's incredible that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah it was something that um we kind of toyed with, we decided we'd do it as a, a trial. And the main reason being that we have so many people kind of asking, can we, can we do a private call, happy to pay for it and things like that. And, you know, we could, we could do coaching and consulting. We know we could, you know, add that in, but we don't want to, but we didn't want to just be turning people away. So this was kind of our way of, well, we can still add that private element but in a way that works for us. Yeah, this is something that I absolutely love around the, you know, the membership slash subscription slash community based model is that if, you know, if there's something people are asking for, there's got to be a way to include it with, you know, for your customers yeah. are paying you every month. It's like, Sure, I can add that, you know, and obviously you don't want to get carried away and we'll get into that in a minute. But, but I do love that about that model, although I'd love for you to share your reasoning behind why you didn't want to get paid extra for that. Why not add that as an extra service? Yeah, it it's more just about the business that Mike and I wanted to have and the lifestyle we want to have. So 
we're not fans of kind of doing long calls and and things like that and we've done that before we had we did that as part of our agency work and you know for a while we did run a kind of higher tier in the academy the membership accelerator Mm -hmm. where it was more of that kind of private coaching and mastermind but we kind of wanted to step back away from that because it takes a lot more energy that kind of interaction and I'm quite introverted and and things like that so it it takes a a lot of energy doing kind of calls and consulting and yes it's more money but it's not the way we like to work so it was it's something that we could do but we wouldn't enjoy doing and we're all about doing the things that we enjoy essentially (laughs) that's a great answer you know a lot of people think we're crazy for that and they're like but you could be earning like thousands more and it's like but we don't need to right (laughs) you know that that sounds really um I can't think of the right word but it does come down to our decision basis is, do we need to do it? Do we want to do it? Yeah. Well, and it's a trade-off, right? I mean, just because you can earn a few thousand dollars more a month doing some coaching and consulting, that's time you could be spending adding tens of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of pounds to your bottom line on the membership side of things, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why we closed down the accelerator or put mm-hmm. it on a hiatus because we really just wanted to focus 100% on, on the academy and making that the best experience for our members possible. Love it. After this quick break, you'll hear what Callie's top priority and key metric is at Membersite Academy. But first, a word from our WhatWorks partners. WhatWorks is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Let's make this fall the season you embrace simplicity for yourself, your business, and your customers. Enough with all the apps and workarounds. It's time to bring your business and your customers together in one meaningful place online. That's where Mighty Networks comes in. When you start your own Mighty Network, you're creating a home for your business and your customers away from the hustle and bustle of traditional social media and free from the convoluted workarounds of the online education and coaching space. You suddenly have one place for your customers to hang out and meet each other, one place for your online courses, programming, or content, one place for managing your payments and customer database. Pretty simple, right? Here at What Works, Mighty Networks has drastically simplified our business. Our Mighty Network has given us a way to deepen our relationship with our customers, build stronger foundations for our company, and create the potential for almost unlimited recurring revenue. Ready to simplify your business? Give Mighty Networks a try today. Start absolutely free of charge by going to MightyNetworks.com. That's MightyNetworks.com. What Works is also brought to you by the What Works Network. There's a lot of hype out there about running and growing a small business today. It's exciting, it's sexy, and the algorithms at our favorite social media sites are delivered to bring us the exciting, sexy headlines. Grow your business to seven figures in seven weeks. How to 10X your followers overnight. Why bots are the key to never having to talk to another human being again. Okay, sure. But what's really going on? Now, that's the question we always come back to here at What Works. We've made it our job to provide the platform, curate the stories, and make the real-life connections between small business owners that allow the truth to rise to the surface. This month, we're spending on scale is no exception. We're looking at the wide variety of options that you have for running your business more effectively and efficiently and scaling your capacity to make more money. 
conversations like these are exactly what happens inside the What Works Network. Only instead of being on the outside listening in, you're on the inside participating in the conversation. This month, we're hosting a day-long live conversation about scaling up. It's a virtual conference featuring boots-on-the-ground experience and interactive sessions. You'll hear from Claire Pelletro on scaling up your marketing with advertising. You'll hear from Maggie Patterson on scaling a service-based business without losing the service. You'll hear from Natalie Gingrich about scaling your operations. And you'll hear from Christina Shawley about managing your cash flow while you scale. Personally, I can't wait. The Scaling Up Virtual Conference is only for members of the What Works Network. If you're not a member of the What Works Network yet, now is the time to join us. We're opening the doors to new members soon. And to find out when we do, go to explorewhatworks.com slash network. That's explorewhatworks.com slash network. Let's talk more about trade-offs because I think anytime we're talking about scale, there is an element to that where you're focusing on prioritizing certain things, prioritizing uh, your core offer, prioritizing pieces of operations. And then there's other things that you choose not to worry about, either because they don't scale or because they just don't fit into the picture of how you want to scale. What are some of the things that you guys have really chosen to focus on to make a high priority? And what are some of the things that you've chosen to deprioritize? Yeah, our absolute top priority has always been our members and the member experience. So we prioritize retention above anything else. And, you know, if we are short on time one month and we have to make a decision between do we do something that's going to bring in more new members or do we take better care of the ones that we've got? we're always going to go for making sure our existing members are taken care of. So retention and our members and our member experience is always number one for us and the the non-negotiable in anything that we do. And so when we're focusing on what do we need to do, it always becomes about how's this going to impact on our members, how's this going to impact on the business in general and on you know our time and other things that we have to do. So that's definitely top priority for us. And as a result of that, there's certain things that we maybe have wanted to do for a while that kind of keep getting pushed back on the schedule, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, we know, for example, that in our in our um, marketing, we could make much better use of video. We've never really got started with video. And that's something we want to do. But when we've come down to kind of prioritizing our time, improvements to the academy or things like that have kind of overshadowed that. So it's something we're starting to do now, but it's had to get to that place where other priorities were taken care of first, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Let's talk a little bit more about your member experience, because I love that that's kind of your top priority, (laughs) or definitely your top (laughs) priority. What is something our listeners might be surprised to find out is part of the experience your members have when they join the group? Well, I've already mentioned it, but probably the private coaching Mm -hmm. side, because we don't actually make a, we don't make a big thing of that on our sales page. So a lot of members come in not knowing that we actually offer that and are then pleasantly surprised by that. We also try to um, make the experience as personable as possible. Like I try and know as much about my members as possible in a non-creepy way. (laughs) Um, But like any member that comes into our community, asks a question, talks with us, I'll you know, I remember them, I know what they're working on, I know what their issues are and things like that. And that way I can connect members together as well. 
which is something I really love doing. So I think a lot of people come in surprised, especially at the price point by how hands-on Mike and I are. Mm -hmm. And that's number one, the the top kind of feedback we get is just how accessible we are and how available we are and how hands-on we are in things like the community and things. So that's kind of the main surprise, but I think also we try and tailor the member experience. So when somebody signs up, they'll go through our onboarding and that kind of helps to highlight where they are in the process. So are they starting a membership site or do they already have a membership site that they're looking to grow? And then we kind of have a different member experience based on which one of those you are. So if somebody's looking to start a membership site, they'll get directed to our membership roadmap, which will take them kind of step through step through that process. And if somebody's got an existing membership site and they're growing, then they'll be kind of funneled into our growth lab where we'll create kind of a playlist for them based on their priorities and what they're wanting to kind of work on next. So we kind of tailor that member experience in that way as well. Ooh, I love that. Uh, Awesome. Let's talk more about the operations side. Uh, Earlier, you mentioned bringing other people on board uh, to help you guys run the site. What does your team look like now? Uh, We still have quite a small team, but a lot larger than it has been until the last kind of year or so. So now we have kind of a community manager who helps me with the community. We have a kind of general uh, VA admin assistant. We have a podcast editor and we have somebody who helps us with a little bit of graphic design. So still quite a lean team. Yeah. And are they, I'm assuming it's a distributed team. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is, but we've kind of ended up accidentally having a local team (laughs) by accident. So they all live within kind of an hour of of where we actually are, which was completely by accident. That's awesome, though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're the same way. Well, yeah, we're basically the same way. I have um, we do have someone on the West Coast of the US, but uh, my main point person lives 10 minutes south of where we live. And it's been awesome to have someone on the local side, even if we're working, you know, from our respective home offices. Yeah, yeah, it does make a difference. We tried to do the whole kind of hiring from the Philippines initially and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it just didn't work well for us at all. So kind of, as I said, we've accidentally ended up with a local team, but it's worked much better. Yeah. What kind of tools do you guys use to work together on the site? Uh, we mainly use Asana, so we pretty much everything runs through Asana, and we use uh, Slack for team communication, and then generally Airtable for kind of anything that requires a spreadsheet type element, essentially. Yeah. How has your team, or how has bringing the team on and and kind of managing them and working with them over time helped to? Um, kind of refocus your own role or Mike's role in the community? It's been really great because going back to what you were asking before about priorities, now that certain things are taken off our plate, it does open us up to expand our priorities to things like doing more front-end video content for our main site and things like that. So having kind of day-to-day tasks in terms of adding content to the membership and to our our public site, having those taken off our hands and things just frees up so much more time for us to focus on the bigger picture and the things that actually move the needle in terms of both getting members and keeping them. I love that. I'm curious, looking back, uh, you said you've been running it for about four years now? Yes. Yeah. What mistakes have you guys made? Oh, I would say the... I'm not sure it would necessarily be a mistake as such, but I would say the first thing was adding in the membership accelerator when, again, we did that because members were asking for something like that. And it worked well, but 
as I said, it wasn't necessarily our zone of genius, so to speak. And it took time away from the membership, which in hindsight, kind of, we could have evolved certain aspects of the membership much quicker if Mm -hmm. we had our whole focus on that at that time. And yeah, the other mistake would be early team members that we hired. Got it. Um, so the thing you mentioned that the the membership accelerator kind of came about because people were asking for it. Yeah. And I think that with a membership model or a community-based model, that is something that and I, that's true in any business, but I think it's especially true in businesses like ours. We are constantly talking to the people who are using our product. We are con- we're just that's part of our job, right? We're in there, we're yeah. talking to people, <laughs> and in doing so, People are always saying, oh, my God, it would be so cool if blank. And you know, some of the ideas are awesome ideas. Some of the ideas are a little crazy or just completely unviable. What, how do you guys manage member requests or customer requests in terms of your long-term strategic planning and sort of the features or benefits that you want to develop as part of, uh, as part of the, the offer? It's interesting because we actually really encourage that from members Mm -hmm. and most of the time it's great because it actually um, reiterates things that we're already thinking of doing or wanting to do. And so an example of that, we just ran our kind of annual survey for our members. And as part of that, we kind of have a question in there, which is kind of like, which of these features or um, options would you potentially like to see in the future? And we kind of listed all of the things that we've personally thought of adding or updating in the academy. And so that kind of gives a structured format for that kind of feedback as well, where we can see what members are most wanting. But in terms of when members give us feedback on things, most of the time it's either content-based. So it's kind of like it would be really great to have a course or a training on this, in which case it kind of goes on the list that we have. And mm-hmm. if a number of members suggest the same thing, it will move further up the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, sometimes it is about actually saying, no, that's not something we're going to do. And, you know, one of the things there in particular that we have is one of the things that we give our members is a WordPress theme that they can, we've created specially for membership sites so that if they want to use that, they can get up and running with their membership really quickly. And so because we have that, we also do get a lot of tech requests where it's like, oh, can you create this for us? Mm. Can you, can you add this? Can you do that? And so we do have to be very firm a lot of the time. And Mike's much better at this than me about going, actually, no, that's not something that is on the pipeline to do. And, you know, that's not something that is going to happen. So if you want that, you'll need to get a developer or you'll need to do X, Y, Z. So a lot of the time it is, we're lucky that most of what our members want is kind of in line with what we're planning anyway. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to please everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. Um, I want to kind of pull things a little bit more into the personal realm. You mentioned that you are introverted. And I think that a lot of people think introverts aren't good at scaling things or that introverts don't have the capacity (laughs) to scale things, um, which I think is complete BS (laughs) as an introvert who scales things. But I'd love to know how you handle that. What are some of the, what are some of the systems or routines or personal practices that you've developed over the years to manage your energy as the business has grown? Yeah, I actually find the membership model is perfect for my kind of introverted personality anyway, because things like the forum, the community, it's typing. So I can do that whenever. 
And, you know, a large part of it is I have set times in the day where I know that's kind of my focus on going into the community, answering questions and things. So I can get into that, that kind of mindset. But for me, kind of typing answers and things like that, I love doing that, that, that doesn't kind of drain my energy. Whereas doing calls really does. Mm -hmm. So we have our two monthly live Q and A calls. And kind of, I always know that on those days I need to kind of either not schedule much in after that or for our evening call before that. So that I've kind of, I've got plenty of energy Mm -hmm. and plenty of recovery time. And similarly with content creation, I find that quite draining. So even though it's not necessarily something where you're interacting with someone, anything where I have to talk a lot, I basically get quite tired. So I always know that if I'm having a week of content creation where I'm creating videos and things that I then need to kind of have a either rest week after that or that I kind of don't overload my system with how much I'm trying to do. Because when we first started the membership, one of our major issues was realizing how much time things can actually take. And you kind of, you go in all gung ho and you're like, yeah, I'm going to create like a course a week and I'm going to do all of these things. And then you start actually recording and editing videos and things. And you realize that actually it's quite tiring and it takes a lot longer than you think. And so you kind of need to relax that schedule a bit. And so for me, the energy thing has just been being aware of how, how I work best and being able to take regular breaks and actually if I'm having an off day and I'm tired and I'm not feeling well, or I'm just had enough of people, or we've, we've had kind of a a week where we've had a lot of interactions in person with people, then accepting that it's okay for me to take a day off to play video games and not speak to anyone. Yes. Amen to that. Um, before we start to wrap up here, I'd like to address growth, um, for a little bit. What's working for you guys right now to attract new members and, and, and yeah, just find new customers. For us, it's consistency. So like we put out a lot of content about membership sites. Our podcast is our number one way that new members come to us and and has been for the last four years. So a lot of it is just being focused. All we talk about is membership sites. So, you know, if you Google anything about membership sites, you'll usually get one of our blog posts Uh or podcasts come up, you know, being super focused on everything we're talking about being that topic makes it really easy for people to find us, makes it people for easy for people to refer us. And that's kind of, it's a slow burn and it's not a very exciting kind of way, but really it has just been kind of just focusing on entirely what we want to talk about this subject and not being led off on different tracks and, and different topics. And so members just come to us naturally through that because they know this is all that we do. Awesome. Um, I have just two questions for you left. The first one is, can you tell us the story of getting pushed off a cliff by a goat? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, my nickname is Calamity Callie because <laughs> I pretty much end up in bizarre situations wherever I go. But I was actually um, backpacking Australia and um, I was on an island and I decided one day without any planning that I was just going to try and like circumnavigate this island via the cliffs not noticing all the giant signs saying don't try and do that (laughs) and so I kind of got about halfway around realized I couldn't go any further and started trying to make my way back 
But to make my way back, I had to kind of climb up higher up this cliff, at which point I realized there was a, a tribe of mountain goats up there who didn't take very kindly <laughs> to me being there and decided to chase me off the side of the cliff. Um, yeah, so that was fun. And I was kind of in the middle of nowhere in Australia. So I did have that moment where I was like, is this how I die now? <laughs> but fortunately, I was okay. I just had a broken ankle. And I got rescued. That's well, thank you for sharing that because I saw that on your about page and I was like, oh my God, I have to ask. <laughs> um, all right. Awesome. Last question. What's next for you guys? What are you excited about right now? What do you kind of have up your sleeves? Uh, the big thing we're working on at the minute is we're running our first conference in September. So um, the Retain Conference, which is just for membership site owners. And so that's a, a huge thing for us. It's something we've wanted to do for a while. Um, it's a little bit scary because it's so completely different and you don't realize how much work goes into putting on a conference until you actually start doing oh, yeah. one. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the the big thing we're working on at the moment and and kind of just adding that in. So we're doing that this year. We hope to make it an annual thing, but we're going to see how this first one goes and how our members and, and it's not just for members, but the majority coming our members enjoy that experience. That's awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. And Kelly Willows, I so appreciate getting a chance to see how you guys run things and what's working for you uh, over at the membership guys. Thanks for having me on. It's been great to chat with you. Find out more about Callie Willows and the Membership Guys at themembershipguys.com. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 230 more candid conversations about running and growing a small business at explorewhatworks.com. <laughs>